Welcome to the Less Stress Family Podcast, where we believe you are fallible and what you do matters. episode number 46. I was going to say it. That's what I'm supposed to do. I am Shauna Wood. Well, <laughs> hey Shauna Wood. I am Justin. How are you? I got that in there. I'm good. How I, are you? I think we've been in the house for too long. <laughs> I think we have. We're a little bit delirious. Maybe the oxygen is <laughs> leaving. Thank you to everyone listening across America and different places in the world. Woohoo! Yeah, we hope you all are surviving the COVID shutdowns and hang in there. This is a season. Hard season, but... But there is light at the end of the tunnel. We will not be in this season forever. Yeah, it's either light or it's... I mean, it's a train or the sun. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Okay, so so what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about EMDR therapy. Yeah, it's taken me forever to learn that. EMDR, that order. Mm-hmm. E-M, doctor. So what does that mean? So it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Very good. And this is the story that goes with that. I sent you a podcast, if you remember, right? And you, as you're driving back and forth, I said, hey, you need to listen to these podcasts. Pre-corona. Yeah, yeah. This was like, Long yeah, yeah. Ago. This was like six months ago, probably, yeah. or so, or more. I don't know. I sent you the podcast link, and you're like... I was like, hey, did you listen to that podcast? It was really good. And you're like, yeah, are you going to do it? And I'm like, what do you mean am I going to do it? What are you talking about? And <laughs> there's almost an argument. Because <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Anyway, I sent you the wrong podcast. Right. And so I had listened to a podcast, and you had no idea what it was about. But it was actually about, about this EMDR therapy. And I don't even time. know how, yeah. Neither of us had ever heard of it. Right, before. right, right. And so I don't I don't even know how. I can't figure out how it got it was the wrong. Yeah, the it was Lord. divine. It was the it was the Lord. So EMDR cuz you thought I needed lots of EMDR I was like, therapy. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so this lady, Fran, is it Francine Francine Shapiro. Shapiro, yes. She basically, long story, here's the history. She found out as she was walking, she was a therapist, psychologist or something like that, walking through the woods, as she looked from left to right, she realized her painful thoughts were less and less. And so she started doing that in a part of her practice. And of course, people were like, that's stupid. That makes no sense if your eyes go left to right or whatever. So then she had people follow a light, I think, and you could go left to right. Neuroscience but it's going now. back and forth. Yeah, back, back and, and forth, forth, back and forth, as you go, think through a memory. Right. Uh, that's trauma, usually, PTSD stuff, right? Something like that. What they found out, neuroscience, pretty crazy, that basically trauma is trapped. In, in my terms, this is how I understand it. Trauma of any kind gets trapped in one side of one little part of your brain. And so basically you build walls, like emotionally or chemically, however you want to think about all the different levels of yourself, to try to protect that trauma because it's trauma and it's bad. And so your body's like, hey, we need to protect it. So it keeps it trapped, basically. But when you look literally with your eyes left to right, or there's lights to do, or there's like these different little kind of vibration paddles kind of thing um, that I use when I go to do it. And it's crazy. It releases the trauma from one part of your brain so that the rest of your brain can absorb it. (laughs) 
Which sounds again like when you explain that to people, everybody the 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 therapist world, they're all like, "That's stupid," you know. But neuroscience is now showing, oh wait, this really does work. So they use it for like PTSD with soldiers, PTSD with all kinds of stuff. And there have been a lot of studies now showing that major trauma that previously it was believed that it would take like decades to heal that kind of trauma is being healed incredibly quickly. (laughs) Yeah, like one session. Yeah. We'll take you through ridiculous amounts. Like what would have otherwise taken years. Yeah, well, years of talk therapy therapy. that's frustrating and everything else. Right. Which is amazing to me. I mean, our bodies are so complex. Our mind is so complex. But to think about, you know, we talk about emotional walls, but there's actually organic material in your brain that's creating these boundaries. And so by doing this, going back and forth and back and forth, you're really like integrating your brain back together with itself. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really crazy. So everyone has trauma. And the people who mostly, uh, what people group? have PTSD the most, you know? I don't know. Car accident. If you have car accidents, that whole group of people, if you've been in a car accident, you yeah. can have trauma like PTSD the most. Or, you know, the most number of people. Yeah, not not the sense. Not the, the intensity. Greatest, the greatest number Frequency, of yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Numbers of people, right? Yeah. So I had leukemia when I was little. Yes. So when I was three and a half, basically when I started memories and being formed and shaped as far as a person, I was dealing with leukemia. So it's crazy because... This isolation everyone's experienced, that's what I went through. Because when you have leukemia, that's your cancer of your white blood cells. Cancer of your white blood cells. So I lived in isolation. I couldn't go. I couldn't do. I couldn't do a lot. You know what I mean? Like I had to like, and I was told by everyone, hey, you can't do this. (laughs) X, Y, Z, whatever. So there was a lot of things of trauma and different things that happened in that cancer journey. That had definitely shaped my personality. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And because, you know, I mean, like back then, like they do, they were doing experimental treatments on you. Kind of, That they don't do anymore. Yeah, like stuff without anesthesia and stuff. You you would get, you would get imprisoned for stuff that, but they didn't have the technology. They were doing the best they could. Right, right. But it was major trauma. So, fight or flight. If you have fight or flight, which everyone does to some degree. But depending on your childhood, depending on what happened, you might have a lot more fight or flight than other people. Right. Like likelihood right. of that tendency. Yeah. So my experience with EDMDR, you don't have to talk your way through it. That's what's amazing. <laughs> when you praise say praise Jesus, <laughs> praise Jesus, because I was like, I'm not going to sit there and talk. For years, I would say this is a very valid thing that you need to address, like right. with a therapist. Right, right, right. And you would say. I'm not going and talking to somebody about it. Right. Because when I was three years old, what's there to talk? You know, I don't have vocabulary. You know what I mean? Like when things happen when you're a child, it's hard to talk. You have to use pictures and other things that don't necessarily, you can't articulate when you're that age. Right. So, well, I'm obviously not a psychologist or not a therapist, so. Pursue We're this on your own. Sharing I'm sharing your some testimony. <laughs> yeah. So basically, kids in general, before puberty, they don't have the chemicals in their body. So that really, the, to the degree that they need to cope with a lot of trauma, stress situations. Right. So it's fight or flight. It's adrenaline. And so most people, if you live fight or flight, you don't have you don't have anything else. That's your go-to chemical. That's your go-to drug still in your brain. 
And so it's possible to see those chemicals shift and change. So do you want to talk about <laughs> Have you seen a change in me? Oh, my goodness. Well, that's why I'm hoping it you has... talk. We, we didn't really talk about the notes. I mean, like, I scribbled down. I have solution, EMDR. <laughs> that drives you crazy, doesn't it? It does. Because <laughs> you keep looking at me like, oh, what are we doing now? What are we doing now? <laughs> so it has been huge because, and even dealing with all of this, realizing, like, there is just, there is a fun nature that goes with being a child right like children were created to have this stage of playfulness and just joy and it doesn't have to make sense and it doesn't have to be you know it's very imaginative and that kind of thing right but you didn't get a chance to experience a lot of that yeah no my parents were awesome grandparents my family everything was awesome so it's like they did everything they could but those years i was in quarantine like what everybody's experience, I'm like, oh, this is the way I wish life was. Not all the people dying, <laughs> but I wish everything was in quarantine all the time because that's what like... Feels normal to you. Yeah, that's what feels normal to me. Yeah. And so when you ask me to like to go not be normal... <laughs> yeah. That's so like, stress. When <laughs> I want to fill up all these baking dishes with dried beans and rice <laughs> and then hide little treasures and let our... Younger children dig through there and find the treasures, and there's beans, and there's rice everywhere, and there's Play-Doh on the chairs, and there's paint, and that, like, used to really take you over the edge. Yeah, like, I just have, don't have a grid for that. Like, and it's I'm so like, weird. it's normal. This is what kids do. Right, right, right. So, and it, like, again, it's like my parents, they did, like, we did all the normal stuff. They try to make life normal, but I realize now that through all the stuff that I was going through, I had shut down part of my self you know what i mean like it was survival fight or flight i couldn't fly away and i couldn't really fight well i guess i did fl- i flew away in my mind that's an enneagram yeah I, I flew away in uh, enneagram fiveness right yeah but so so it was like even though your parents were trying to provide so the some of those opportunities, you didn't feel good. I mean, there was a lot of right, side effects exactly. from the medications yeah, yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing. So right. you just were not in the place that you could engage in that play stuff. Right. And and when you're little like that, you don't have a vocabulary to articulate what's going on. You know, what right. you're feeling, all those kind of things. Right. So it's like that's when you take all your emotions, emotions and you shove them. Yes. <laughs> Deep, dark. Like you're just like, uh, I don't have emotions. <laughs> Like, and I I don't sometimes, right? Like, I'm just like a robot. I mean, I do feel deeply, but only like when I feel totally safe. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like one-on-one or like just in a quiet place. Right. Yeah. Right, right. (laughs) And I have another friend who um, shared about some PTSD that they have, and he explained it like... Um, most people are walking around with a veil that we believe that humanity is good and that people are good and all this kind of thing. But people who've experienced a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. have experienced the dark side of life more. And so that veil in some ways, depending upon what the trauma was, if it was military, if it was first responder, if it was, you know, illness, um, but has been stripped away. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there's just a... Some layer of, yeah, you have to deal with stuff. Right. So, yeah, and also, you know, going all the way back to the beginning. So I sent you the wrong podcast. And another conversation I had with John, the drummer, 
who saw heavy uh, military combat, he was like, I was telling him, like, just crowds, all that stuff. Like, not only do, like, I don't like it, like, I just shut down. Like, it's just, like, it's it's a weird thing. It's just, like, I just shut down. And so John was like, hey, that sounds, I think you got some PTSD there. I was like, <laughs> I don't think so, John. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was kind of like that. So, but then we kind of looked into conversation it with like, him. Yeah, yeah, conversation with him. Cancer Companions, uh, they had a really good seminar webinar about PTSD with cancer. Because mm-hmm. basically, PTSD, like you say, that veil. But basically, you just face life or death, or you perceive that you face life or death. Right. Somehow, that's right. PTSD. So most people who've had cancer usually have some kind of PTSD to right. some degree. And, it and can there's, be it's a scale. Right. They're family members, too, because it's also, you know, if you're in the military and you see death a whole lot, even if it wasn't your own, you still have that trauma. Right, right, right. And, like, your parents who were fighting for your life <laughs> right, literally. still have that trauma. Right, right. And so, so yeah, what, what I'm saying is, because I mean, you can talk about my family, how great they are. <laughs> like, they are amazing. So, like, like, if you created the ideal family, that's pretty yeah. much them. Yeah, and so even if you have the ideal family, you still might need some help working through life. <laughs> right, and I think, you know, that's really, the, the reality is that there's a lot of evil in our world. Right. And that affects us, and it plays out in different people's lives in different ways. Right. But you're ignoring a large portion of the truth if you just act like everything is warm and fuzzy and unicorns all the time. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's like our, I remember uh, Ken would always say, uh, a mentor would always say, it's like you have your car and you have to take it to get maintenance, you know? And you have all these different things that you have to run maintenance on. And you should probably do that for yourself, too. <laughs> right. You just, like, you, you do exercise to maintain your body. Right. You need some kind of... Whoa, we just had things. a picture fall mm-hmm. down behind us. I could have died. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how am I going to bury... How are you going to bury me, honey? <laughs> gonna, it's another podcast. It's another podcast y'all have to listen did. to. Um, but absolutely. Right. And so I think, you know, when before we got married, I dealt... I've right. seen a counselor for a long time, and you know, I think everybody, we all have junk. None of us are, none of us are perfect. We all have areas of brokenness. Right. And the more you can grow as a person, as a human being, and work through some of your own junk, yes, the happier you're going to be. The more right. you're going to enjoy your life. Right. But I think what's different, and why we wanted to share this therapy, is that most of the time when we say, "Oh yeah, you should meet with a counselor. You should talk through that." <laughs> This is not about talking. Yeah, if you're if you're an introvert and you don't like talking, you don't even know like what you're feeling or whatever at that time. <laughs> this is why I went to the EMDR out. So Christy is awesome. She's yeah, it's good. That is awesome. So you know, we found somebody local that specialized in it. But they're all over the they're world. all over the world. Is and now that you know that it's a thing, you could find somebody in your right, area. Right, right. But we didn't even know it was a thing a year ago. Right, right. So check it out. And as you're going through this crisis, you might need to talk to some people at some point. I think you can still do therapy on. Line yeah, now, I think they're somehow. doing a lot of like telemed yeah. for counselors so, and so that kind of thing right now. Do maintenance. You should keep doing exercise. You should keep doing all these stuff. But it might be time to do some emotional maintenance. Right. And so. I think, you know, all of us, that's what even when we were, before we got married, you know, we talked about like, you know what? 
we are going to set it as a goal for ourselves to do couples therapy every so often. Right. Just because we want to invest in our relationship. Right, right, right. And I think, you know, the same investing in your physical health, investing in your emotional mental health as well. Right, right. And so I think some of the stuff for our couples stuff, we probably need to do more. But I feel like you get to a point where you can't do more until you work on your own self. Yeah, it's kind of like a dance. (laughs) Like you got to do moves. As individuals, and then you can do a move as a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So For sure. Thank you guys so much for taking time to listen and hang out with us. Anything else you want to say on that? No, I'm done with my words. Okay. (laughs) Remember, you are valuable, and what you do matters. We would love to hear if you have had an experience with EMDR. You can connect with us. But we don't want to hear about your emotional problems. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, seek a professional. Let us know, you know, how awesome it was or what your experience was. Uh, You can communicate that with us on our Facebook page, on our website, lsfpodcast.com, or you can connect with us on my Instagram account, since Justin has boycotted Instagram now. That's Shauna Sheree, S-H-E-R-E-E, Wood. Thank you, guys. Have a blessed day. Thanks. Thanks.